Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. And of course, sitting across from the pond for me here is Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, how's it going this evening? It is going very well. A very snowy day. Ah, very snowy day there. It's snowing here in New England, but out on the West Coast, it's such an honor to have him on here. It's Mr. Kylo Ken Knapsack himself. You guys seen him on Collider Jedi Council. You guys also listen to him on the Force Center podcast. Ken, how's it going this evening? And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am happy to be on this worldwide edition. I love that we are connected in, in different parts of this world. That's great. Let's hop right into this. You know, when it comes to Star Wars and when it comes to podcasting, we know we hear you on Force Center. We see you on the council, of course. What was it specifically that got you into podcasting? Was there something specific that you kind of latched onto? Yeah, well, it's, it's been an interesting journey because I started in radio in the mid-90s. I was a rock DJ and uh, uh, in my hometown, had a morning show, that whole that whole thing. And I thought that was going to be my career. And then it went away right. kind of fast, about four years. And then I moved to LA and I did comedy and writing and all that kind of stuff. So when podcasting started to pop up, really what mid 2000s, I really started hearing about it for the first time. I, I looked down on it and was just kind of like, oh, I did radio. I don't, I don't podcast in my <laughs> room alone. And then about 2011, my friends over at Schmoes Know, Christian and Mark launched their podcast and I was listening to that more and I was on it actually. And then I ended up start, starting to produce their show in 2012, caught the bug and was like, oh yeah, that's right. This is the future. Got it. <laughs> Started the Knapsack Files in 2013 and then Force Center with Joseph and Jennifer in uh, right around time Force Awakens in the build up late 2015. Isn't it amazing that when it comes to podcasting, Ken, that Right around that time, right up to, to the lead to Force Awakens, and even after Force Awakens. I mean, here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network, we started right after that that Force Awakens release, and I feel like that really hyped up the podcasting world, especially with our Star Wars conversations. Absolutely. I mean, you know, for a lot of us, uh, uh, quote, older fans, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll age myself, no one else, uh, you know, this is this is uh, Star Wars Reborn for us, and with digital media, new media being what it is, it's like, this, it's a perfect marriage, and it, it's not just that, you know, you sit around and get to talk Star Wars, that's cool enough, but you get to f- help form these communities of fans, and part of the enjoyment is seeing new fans, I I love the generational uh, uh, growth. It's, you know, I have uh, my cousin's daughter, two, both her daughters, actually. I, t- I, help, I helped take them to their first convention in Wizard World Las Vegas in 2016. Oh, wow. And they dressed up as Ray and, and Kylo. <laughs> and just to see the love of Star Wars spread to a new generation and through this new technology and, and new ways of communicating, it's great. Scott, I, I feel like even here on Talking Far, Far Away, and we see it with the Force Center podcast as well, Scott, is that... This growth in Star Wars has really stemmed from our own personal experiences. I've got personal experiences as well. I mean, I, I grew up watching Star Wars back in 1993 and the very old editions, so the original trilogy before it was the special editions. Uh, mm. It's just great how over the years we've seen different generations come forth. Ken, I want to ask you, what does yep. Star Wars mean to you? 
to me, it, it is it is now a way of life. It always kind of was a way of life. Um, there was a bunch of other things I enjoyed, but Star Wars was always one I, I came back to. Uh, I was uh, one one years old, swaddled in in a in a blanket, watching A New Hope in a drive-in theater with my parents. So I guess wow. it just kind of seeped into my brain. And uh, even though I loved Robotech and GI Joe, I was a kid of the '80s. You know, all that stuff was there. Star Wars was always there when it came back to to about. 91, Heir to the Empire, Timothy Zahn's novels and everything. It really kind of was like, cool again. And, and it, not, cool, not cool again, but it, it, Star Wars, you know, that used to be in, in the 80s, it was like a secret code. I didn't have a lot of friends who were willing to talk about Star Wars. And so it always, it just was the, something that kind of got you through tough times. I, I really think that's part of the purpose. I love, I keep saying this in a lot of different places. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself to anyone who's, who's heard me talk before. But I really think at Star Wars Celebration, when George Lucas said Star Wars is for 12-year-olds, it is for people on the cusp of adulthood. This is uh, a little morality play and an inspirational story for that person. And that can be a person in all of us still. But I think it connects to that. That's what it means to me. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um, It's just seen like hope. Basically, to quote Princess Leia, Rogue One, it's just how the little guy try to take on the big guy. I feel quite like that sometimes in my life right now. What do you think, Robin? Let's get into some Star Wars talk. We get to know a little bit about Ken Knapsack here. We get to know about where his Star Wars fandom came from. All right, Ken, little thing came out today from StarWars.com. Got a little bit of a synopsis for the uh, upcoming Han Solo film. Now, obviously, we haven't seen much stuff for this film. What are your thoughts on the synopsis? I mean, this sounds cynical, but it, it isn't. It was kind of like, yeah, well, no, duh. This is what the movie's <laughs> going to be about. It's it, Han meets Chewie, and Lando's there, and the Falcon's there, like, in their... And they're scoundrels. Yeah, we get it. But it's exciting because to me, this means that they're, we're finally there. Whether the promotion is going to begin in earnest, the fact that this came from StarWars.com and was official means that the train has left the station. And I think a trailer soon. I, I have no inside in, in, inside information on that, but it means it's coming. It means they're they are absolutely sticking their foot on that May release. There's no chance of moving it in my mind. I mean, well, there's always a chance. But, um, you know, this, this is happening. And that was the most exciting thing I took from this synopsis. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, Ken, that obviously we've been waiting and waiting. There, where's, when's the trailer? When's the trailer? You and I, Scott, the network, we see it across Twitter all the time. People are wondering when that's going to drop. I think we're awfully close. Fans are going to be taken back for a second. They're going to say, okay, this is what we've been waiting for. Do you feel the same way on that? <sighs> yeah, I hope. <laughs> I, I'm pretty I'm pretty positive on, on Solo, and I'm pretty positive in general on Star Wars. I, I get accused of being a, a Disney shill on their payroll all the time. Uh, thanks, Internet. But, you know, I just <laughs> – I choose to be very positive about this. doesn't mean yeah. I don't have questions or problems and blah, 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 you know, that type of stuff. But I, I'm generally positive about Solo, but it does – it does need – we need to see Alden Ehrenreich – Solo. We need to get that out of the way. That's the only trepidation I have going in. And so once we see that, once we're like, oh, this is a Star Wars film. So a lot of things I've heard is, you know, this script is one of the best Star Wars scripts ever. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's such an exciting adventure. That's some of the the, the stuff I've heard on the ground here mm-hmm. in town. And, and I want to see that. But a lot, sorry kid, a lot is on your shoulders, Alan. <laughs> it's a tough role. But I think fans, once they see it and we get over that first shock, I think we'll be all right. There's some dusty bookshelves that could obviously be cleared off, I think. Got a whole history and legends. So, Ken, what 
basically what could Lucasfilm pull from like the legends to bring into Solo? I think you know so it's interesting you bring that up. I'm probably one of the the, the wrong people to bring that up to. I never <laughs> got into the EU after Zahn's novels and Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy trilogy, which I think was ninety four, ninety five range. Mm-hmm. I was I, I I was just done with the EU. I didn't read it. I respect everyone who did. Respect all the stories. So I hope they don't pull from Solo. I, I or any of those those novels. Uh, I want them to be. I want it to be fresh and original. I, I I totally have wide open arms for new canon. Though I love the the odes and homages to a lot of the old canon. And I know what uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what Jake Kasdan put in. Uh, those uh, those two uh, rebels that go become stormtroopers. I always forget their mm-hmm. names. The comic mm-hmm. series Ta- tag was it tags and bank or whatever. Yeah, tags and bank. So, yeah, tags and bank. So I I think there will be stuff, but I don't think you're going to see them lift anything from it. Or I don't I don't mean that as theft, but I mean I just I I just think it's going to be as original as possible. And that makes a lot of sense with Solo Scott. I feel like again I I I feel like that they do have to take this a step back and say. We got a character here. Alden Ehrenreich has to prove himself. We have Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian in this, which is absolutely exciting. And I feel like there's a lot of different things happening in this. It sounds like they have the right people behind this to really propel it forward and give us something special. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be fun. I think we have to learn to approach that. I mean, we saw with The Last Jedi expectations can certainly affect how you uh, take in a film and how much you like it or not. Um, I just, I kind of want to just go turn off my expectations (laughs) and just see what's just, let's go have fun. I want to have some fun in a Star Wars film. Uh, I know we're going to get some answers and maybe we get too many answers. That can sometimes be a problem of uh, here's where Han got a scar. Here's where he got the dice. Here's this, here's that. But I think also some of that will be fun and, 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 and it'll be, Fun to see, uh, you know, Star Wars back on the screen again. I, I have not got tired of that yet. Obviously, we've seen little pieces of the comics and uh, specifically the novels show up here and there. Obviously, Holdo is a great example of this. Uh, in The Last Jedi, we see her included. Amelyn Holdo, let me tell you, that that was a fantastic character in my mind that was used in from the Leia Princess of Alderaan. Is there a way that we could see more of this tied in, Ken, going to future Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy references, Lost Stars stuff? I mean, that's another great book by Claudia Grado. Oh, I love Lost Stars. I love all that stuff. I actually, I really love the Aftermath series. It grew on me. Um, and I know the first book wasn't a big hit for a lot of people, but I, if, if you dropped off after that, give it a chance. I think Wendig put something fun up there. Um, yeah, I, I think... It, that's the big question. We asked that over on Collider Jedi Council a couple weeks ago. Is you know what? Are, how how big are these connections? A lot of them are there. There are a lot of connections in Last Jedi. I mean, you got the you know the compass from Battlefront Two. You got the the fishing pole from Luel from the Legends of Luke Skywalker. There is stuff. It, 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 the Legends of Luke Skywalker had stable kids uh, who were being transported to Canto Bight to work with the Fathers. That right. wasn't necessarily broom kid to Mary Blag, but uh, it was there. <laughs> It was connected, but right. sometimes it feels disconnected a little bit, which I know can be disappointing. Phasma, an example, and I'm not even talking about screen time with Phasma. I know that's a frustration, but we read that novel, we read that comic, and the only thing we really got out of it is that when her eye was exposed by Finn, that, that meant something because she she covers her face with reason and for, for a certain level of pride. And it was like, all right, did I, did I need to read that mo- novel? That was a fair question, and I don't think you need to by design. I don't think it needs to connect on every level, but I'd like to see more things pay off. Uh, in the Battle of Jakku on uh, Battlefront Two, mm-hmm. I actually love because there's references to Snap and Wedge. There's references to Fade and Sienna. 
I love that, and that kind of that stuff pays off for fans. One of the things I'm kind of personally kind of worried about whether they're going to be buying more of the, what's been said in the comments, said in the books, they've said in the video games, is going to be buying more in the years going down. Empire's End, I would love to, that to be a bit more referenced in the new movies coming ahead, like set after, uh, well after Return of the Jedi, and what's said currently in the current saga. I would like maybe a bit of reference of Bloodline. I know we don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, but part of me where I read when Bloodline I saw last year, I, I just thought there was something there that they could put, because I didn't feel like we didn't get anything from that because mm-hmm. Ryan Johnston worked on that movie. He worked on that book with Claudia Gray a wee bit. There was some to this, but yeah, there's there's certain books in there like Thrawn. Thrawn gives a great insight to who he is in the new canon. When he, Now we see him in Rebels, you kind of go, right, I can connect it here, here, and here. An example of, of where I thought they could have dug a little deeper, like I, I was fine not knowing Snoke's backstory in Last Jedi. I love mm-hmm. Ryan's choice that, hey, this is an evil guy in a robe, don't worry about it. The story will be told eventually, but the fact that he's got his mute alien navigators from the unknown regions in the throne room, working that Oculus, and you find that out in the visual dictionary, I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I know it doesn't add to the story, but it would have been cool to know while I'm watching it that, oh, those are from the unknown regions because the First Order was out there, Ray Sloan was involved. I, I, I think as fans who invest their time in this, we do want to know a little bit of that matters, and I think that's a fair critique or question. So that's one character I would love to see come forward into live action or even in animated Rebels is Ray Sloan. She's just been such a huge part of the overall new canon that I would yeah. just love to see that character come forward more. Absolutely. Yeah, Ray Sloan is one of those characters that we, we just kind of wait for. We're kind of like, okay, when are they going to bring her up again? When are they going to bring her up again? Obviously, our good friend Mr. Stephen Stanton playing AP5, they brought that character right back from uh, Clone Wars and everything, so so big shout out to him. That was such a nice little inclusion into Star Wars Rebels. There's a lot of stuff, you know, this is the final season of Rebels. Curious to hear your thoughts, and obviously Mr. Ken here, but what, what may be down the road here? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just getting a bit upset with uh, <laughs> with the Rebels coming to an end. But I'm curious to see how they deal with the whole... I mean, I know there was some synopsis that were released a couple of days ago uh, on a German website, and then it's been uh, confirmed today that... Well, kind of. That the Lucasfilm has got released information within this week about when the episodes are going to come back on. I'm just curious to see where they're going to take these last few episodes. I'm hoping it deals with the Rekanen and... Uh, was it Lothwolf? How's that play in with Kanan? Why are they using Kanan's real name and not like Caleb Doom instead of Kanan uh, Jeffs um, and Ezra? Where does that story take? Because we know after, before A New Hope, that after A New Hope, basically, there's no Jedi other mm-hmm. than Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. So yeah, where do we, is there going to be another animated series afterwards or is there going to be a live action instead of an animated where Dave Lowe is going to do the live action series that's been announced for next year? Yeah, I mean, do you guys have any guesses or what, what, what would you like to see? I've got two options, either Old Republic or something set between A Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, something to cover that gap. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that uh, I like that idea there too. Uh, I, I think you're going to see Old Republic on the streaming service, possibly live action. I think that's a that makes sense to me. I don't think necessarily we'll see it in the movies yet. I don't think Ryan's doing that. I, uh, and again, it's not necessarily the Knights of the Old Republican adaptation, as he was saying, but, but I think that time period, they want to tell that story. I, I could see that happening. That time period after Jedi is interesting. I, I've said this before. I think I said it first at Star Wars Celebration. Um, 
uh, was uh, I would love to see. I don't, it won't won't happen, but I'd love to see uh, Luke Skywalker, voiced by Mark Hamill, uh, mm-hmm. with Lor Santeca going around. You know, archaeologists basically going around trying to find Jedi and Sith relics and whatever that kind of stuff is. That'd be a short run, limited series, or something like that. I'd like to see Luke's journey, and that that'd be an interesting way to tell it. Luke and Lore's uh, Jedi hunters, or or, or something, right. uh, <laughs> so, you know, like like some little twist to it that allows the Star Wars fans to kind of sit back and be like, oh, this is this is fun, this this is cool. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. I mean, I think I love that old Republic timeline. I think both of you hit that perfectly. Ken Filoni works his magic. I think that guy is doing something behind the scenes that we don't know about. Filoni likes to throw things. Obviously, his latest Thrawn teaser up there. He just loves to tease us so much across social media and everything. And I mention it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't develop Rothwolf stickers, and we're going to see those float yeah. around at the next celebration. Do you think Filoni is definitely at the helm of something going forward, Ken? I absolutely, I, I think uh, he might be uh, moving on up the chain. Uh, mm. I could see him doing, you know, he he, he put out that, is that a statement, or there was something that came out a couple months ago where he was saying how he was paying a close attention to what Ryan was doing on mm. set, a lot of live action stuff. I, I That's where, I, with that streaming service from Disney, a live action TV show coming, I, I could see him going over to that side or kind of moving up and becoming a little bit more like a, like a Kevin Feige, so to speak. Um, and mm. obviously Filoni cares about canon, so we, we would start getting some connections. I don't think that I just don't see him being tied to one show. I think he's too valuable. I'd like to see him overlooking the whole field. Also, what Ken's brought up here is that Filoni, in some ways, is like Palpatine in episode one, two, and then obviously coming out in episode three and exposing himself as the emperor here. He's sitting behind the scenes. And he's just like formulating this plan, uh, this massive plan for uh, taking over the fandom and developing what he wants to see in the, in the Star Wars universe, obviously with the help of Mr. Pablo Hidalgo himself. I guess you could say Pablo is Masameda at that point. Um, but in the, in the long run here, I, I think that, Scott, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this too. Filoni is such an architect when it comes to what he's done with Rebels, Clone Wars. I feel like the end of this season really has to cap off really nice and give us something that we can sit back and say, yeah, you know what, Rebels did its job, and I'm hooked. I suspect Filoni sitting in a throne room in the next celebration <laughs> in a cloak <laughs> at some point soon. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll cap us the whole Rebels all quite nicely. And he's, I agree with Ken, I think he'll, he's working his way up to the fact that he won't stick with one series, one show, he will actually oversee it. Um, he will make canon much better. To connect it with the movies, I, do, I honestly don't know where he's going to take Filoni's where he's going to go. I mean, the way when I saw him in celebration two years ago in London, mm. um, and the way we quickly managed to like Warwick Davis kind of got him in to get him in, on the show, that was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was just confused what was going on on stage. Um, <laughs> for me, I I'm not 100 sure where Filoni is going to go, but I think Ken might be right. He's going to be working up the chain and actually going to oversee everything. Ken, is, is there anything that you'd like to see uh, towards the end? Obviously, we have a few more episodes left to end off Season 4 here in Star Wars Rebels. Is there something that you would like to see happen with, with our, our friends here? And I, I think a really big question is Ezra. Are there any things that, again, you would like to see played out at the end of this season or something you're really looking forward to heading in? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Kanan's place in all of this, whether it's with the death and moving on. I mean, I'd say it's a good bet to have him die. We know Chopper and Hera survived. That's what we know, right? So, mm-hmm. And the ghost. The ghost is a character itself almost. But 
Uh, I'd like to see Kate uh, and, and Scott. You had mentioned earlier that Lothal and what Lothal means, and and there's something going on there. I like that. Um, but yeah, Ezra's the big question. I don't see him dying. There might have been one point in time where I'm like, yeah, he has to go because he's a Jedi. But you know, we saw with Ahsoka, you can go away and not be a Jedi. You can figure ways around it. And I don't know. Maybe that's. I've never really stopped and thought that the the next series. Might be Ezra in, you know, I don't know, the unknown regions or Ezra in another part of the galaxy. Maybe it's it's Ezra starting a new life. I, I don't know. It could be something like that. But that, that to me is the biggest question and, you know, how fast Zeb's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for Steve Bloom. I mean, that guy, we see him at Comic-Cons. We see him uh, going out there and about. I mean, that guy's got quite a voice, Ken. I, I would he, feel really bad. Oh, I love Zeb. I love Zeb. I, I just, you know, like, he's the last of his kind, unless he, uh, you know, sails off uh, with the elves to, uh, you know, the, the, the there. I don't know. If Filoni is able to pull off something with a character drifting off in a boat with a bunch of elves, that would be fantastic. So, Filoni, yeah. if you're listening, please take on Ken's advice there and make us really, really have a very emotional moment with Zeb at the end of this season. Ken? Really, my, my, my final thought to you, and obviously the message here at the Podcast Network has always been unity is community. Trying to thrive on positivity in the community amongst everything happening in the world and everything with The Last Jedi, of course. Um, just trying to take a step back and have us reflect. For those, the younger ones, the, the Jedi younglings, um, who are looking to get into the podcasting world and just want to have a little bit of advice about what steps to take and maybe just a motivational piece to get them into it. What, what is your advice to that young podcaster and, and the approach that they can take to make sure that their voice is heard in a positive way? Well, I think first, prepare to have fun, and that comes through. Um, I, I think work on your craft. Uh, just because you have a microphone doesn't mean we all can barf up into it. Uh, <laughs> learn to broadcast. Study what that means. I think that's a lost art. And then I always say this to people, I say invest in good equipment. Yes. Um, I, early on, I was hampered by that, and, and, and I've had to rebuy equipment so many times. It, it, it's, yes, you could record things on your phone. I'm a part of a, uh, a work for a company called Anchor. I have a, a, a Game of Thrones podcast on there. It is all done on my phone. Technology is fascinating. The fact mm. that we're Skyping, fascinating. But, but take the time to get it right so you can build there. And then, then you just need to be consistent, get your hacks in. Uh, go in that batting cage and take take some strokes because you know you're you only get better the more you do it and just be consistent and be try to be uh, professional. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the big message is the professionality piece, Ken. And obviously, we see that with Four Center Podcast. Everything you're always conveying very positive message, very entertaining message. By the way, even with the Napsock files, I love everything that you're doing. All right, Scott, I think it's that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call plug time. That's right. It's plug time here at the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. Mr. Ken Knapsack, where can the good people find you across social media? You can find me at Ken Knapsack. That's N-A-P-Z-O-K. I have the Knapsack Files podcast feed. That is a Patreon page. The Force Center podcast feed, which is growing. We're all getting that great Last Jedi bump. I'm sure you guys are, mm -hmm. too. Let's keep yeah. riding that wave. Uh, and then you can, like, I mentioned it, uh, my Game of Thrones show, it's a daily show. It's on an app, and it's also released as a podcast. It's called Daily Thrones on Anchor. That's there, and, uh, you know, you got my work over at Collider, uh, the, the fun day job, and uh, get to go be on the YouTubes and get some wonderful, supportive comments. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scott Inch, 
where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scott, Scott and Jerry Five. And Ken, I just want to say thanks for coming on. You, you guys do a great job everywhere. And yeah, also, sure. I enjoy the fact that you're a prequelist. <laughs> you support it. Uh, for, hey, you know, we prequelists got to stick together. Yeah, there's so much good stuff in the prequel era. I have to agree with you on that. There's some not bits, but yeah, there's there's yeah. quite a lot of good stuff, like uh, a sad Ventress. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, there's some bad stuff. There's some really bad stuff, but there's some great stuff and some great stories. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Also, please make sure to head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in the galaxy far, far away. Also, make sure to head on over to iTunes. Hit that subscribe button, rate, and comment. That's what brings on the epic guests like Mr. Knapsack, Kylo Ken himself, and continues this discussion about positivity and nerdiness that is Star Wars in a galaxy far, far away. Ken, thank you again so much for coming on, talking far, far away. Many more conversations in the near future, my friend. Let's do it. You guys are great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And as we always say here at the Podcast Network, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>